0: If more of
1: you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Send it now. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good Good blah Good vibes. Good breaths
2: of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that.
3: And so you might want, you know, a lot of these psychic trainings will help you with just some basic tooling, some basic protection, some basic cleansing, like cleansing yourself psychically is like taking a bath or a shower.
0: Okay, guys, welcome back to the America show. We are are going to be chatting with Marguerite Regal Yozo later about uh, the divine goddess cannabis and a bunch of weed stuff, which is pretty cool. I'm a little high right now and I have some a jar of weed here and I'm what you could call an enthusiast. in down in California, a, a chronic enthusiast or an addict, one of those somewhere, <laughs> somewhere on that. It's a spectrum like gender. So that's uh, it's a good chat, it's a fun one. Yeah, They're all it's really fun, good. but it's a real yeah. good one.
2: For sure. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, she's awesome, and she's kind of coming out of the cannabis closet in a way because the legalization has kind of made it sort of more acceptable. So she's sort of talking about how she's used it for her her or, her oracle work. So it's pretty pretty amazing.
0: And then before I skip ahead, if you're a skip aheader, we also have uh, a coming up like 18 minutes from our black or not a black budget. Sorry. Oh fuck! Flashback. Oh, wow. That's a flashback. Fantastic. Um, it's from America our, America, our America, Outlawed. America Outlawed show where, because here's the thing, everyone's up in arms right now and not everyone, but everyone sort of knows everyone that's listening to this show knows that Ronald Carlson went on Joe Rogan and talked about the free energy thing. And the show's being withheld. And and we don't know when it's coming out. If it's coming out, what's happening. Randall of course released a newsletter. So it's not like it's inside news that, that it wasn't coming out and blah blah, 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 blah. So we, we, chatted with Randall for two hours about just this on Grand America Outlawed, and uh, we're going to play a little sneak peek of that 18 minutes of that that Graham had made for the YouTube channel, and you guys can listen to that, and if you like it, you can head over to grandamericaoutlawed.ca and see what you like there. There's a bunch of podcasts, 100 and some episodes, and there's a whole membership section with even more stuff, so check that out, see what you got, see what you like.
2: Yeah, and I got a I got a little update actually. I got Randall Carlson's newsletter here. I wanted to read this as part of this little segment here because I think it's important work. I mean, it's a fascinating chat we have about Malcolm Bendall's plasmoid technology. And Darren and I were speculating, and and some other friends of ours were speculating why hasn't Joe released this yet? And I mean, I I was kind of thinking, oh, it's Randall's team that kind of has to approve it, but no, I guess it's on Joe's shoulders. So um randall's talking about when they're traveling around here this is right from his newsletter um and you can go to his newsletter i mean he's pushing back against the armageddon and in, in ukraine like he's kind of getting a little bit political too where he sees this hypocrisy happening and he's sort of calling out the lies so his newsletter is actually really informative and actually sign up to our newsletter too while you're at it because You know, we don't send out a lot. It's not a spammy thing. It's like every month or something like that. But it's a way that we can keep in touch
0: with you. It's right on the website, GrandAmerica.ca. Yeah. And hey, before we go too far, there's an event like Wednesday, and there's like if you don't mind camping, there's a bunch of spots left. But other than that, there's only like one spot left or two, one spot left. I want to say. So if you're in California or you want to book a last minute flight, you want to come hang out with us and Greg Carwood, Brandon Powell, Joe Roop, Owen Hunt. Head over to contact com and grab that last space. I think it's a single bed. There's a single bed left. So grab that shit up. Or a camp. But there's lots of camp and no one wants to cap because it's gonna be cold as fuck. But not that I mean, from my perspective, it's not gonna be cold at all, but I guess everyone else says it's gonna be cold. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, t shirts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um So he was—he recorded three interviews with Mike Adams, the health ranger, actually, about this too. And George Howard was there. Malcolm Bendall was there as well, which should be available for download on the health ranger website. So he said an extended interview was recorded with Joe Rogan regarding the plasma technology system invented by Malcolm Bendall. However, due to the controversial nature of some of the topics discussed, Joe has decided to postpone airing the interview for now. Randall will provide a more detailed discussion about the specifics at the appropriate time. Suffice it to say for now that as many as with many other researchers into groundbreaking energy systems from Nikola Tesla to Victor Schauberger, William Reich, Robert Oppenheimer, and too many others, resistance to innovation has taken multiple forms. Consider the response and personal attacks upon Graham Hancock to better appreciate the kinds of response that established Interests will engage in to suppress ideas they don't like. But in spite of the resistance, large-scale implementation of the technology is moving ahead, and there will be more to report on that front soon. I mean, I was trying to picture, like, if you listen to the clip that we're going to put in the end of this episode, the 18-minute clip of Randall, I mean, it, it gets pretty spiritual, right? He's talking about how he read it in the Sanskrit text about the Vajra, right? And that's how this thing it's a super spiritual story i mean it's and it's based on sacred dimensions. so i can see joe just like what the fuck we're trying how do you how do you you know explain this to skeptical scientists and stuff they're just gonna just poo-poo it anyways right they're gonna poo-poo it all anyways
0: poo-poo you know poo-poo so where's the where's the working
2: prototype i mean i can imagine they're just like i i did read some comments was it where was the comments that uh, was it on our YouTube? It might have been on our YouTube thing that uh, they're like, "Oh, I looked at the drawings and it's just gar—it's garbage. The pictures are garbage. That's not like you know." It's like, "Well, dude, you know he doesn't have a ton of money to do this." But I think there's been also questions about Bendel's reputation as well. So hopefully that doesn't destroy this uh, too much either.
0: Let's uh, go to the YouTube.
1: bingo bingo social media jingle don't forget to rate comment and or subscribe to the cry america newsletter bingo bingo social media jingle
0: It's still not intuitive to me that the mixer's down underneath here. It's taking a minute, you know? They'll settle in, though. I'll settle in. All right. Let's go to the YouTube, see what we got. It's been a minute. Uh, Should I look for that one specifically? Yeah, it's
2: got almost a 1,000 views already. I think it's a little video a couple weeks ago.
0: Why is everything a little thing to you?
2: Because I'm a little.
0: You're a little? You're a little podcaster?
2: Little podcast.
0: Here it is. 21 comments. Uh, okay. From Escaping the Matrix, 5930. People need to realize that oil companies are going to do everything they can to discredit Malcolm and stop this technology from coming out. That being said, him being called a scammer is just the beginning of the names he is going to get called. From Anzu Love, 7457, now I kind of get the idea why Joe is holding back on releasing his recent (laughs) Randall appearance. That's good. I
2: mean, that's why I wanted to send that little clip out.
0: From M 21 from one of Randall's associates who went to the Joe Rogan interview. Oh, what did I do? Okay, here we go. Malcolm was everything promised, intense, engaging, rooted. What's that mean? Erudite, erudite. 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 Okay, I know what that means. Erudite and talkative. I have never in my life met such a man. He spun tales so wild it raised the hair on my arms. He claimed to have <laughs> the, in physical form operating devices that will change the world. But here's the catch. The next day, the next day this guy's got to go on Rogan, but the hell knows if any of this is true. Eek, so on Monday, January 23rd, in the early afternoon, Joe recorded the damnedest podcast I've ever heard. It was wild, and I would not blame the Joe Rogan experience or Spotify one single bit if they check this guy out. I'm working what? on it, the, too. The Stay damnedest, tuned. he
2: said? The damnedest podcast? What?
0: George Howard, Cosmic Tusk.
2: Oh, that's from George? Right on. that George put a comment on our... No, thing. no,
0: no, no. This is So this is third party, but they're saying he said that, so... Full disclosure They might be putting words in George's mouth. I'm not, oh, okay. I'm just reading <laughs> oh, that's this a shit.
2: comment about, yeah. Okay, so what did he say? That was the damnedest podcast Joe's ever done, the darn darndest. What was the description there?
0: Uh, the damnedest podcast I've the damnedest? ever done, yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay, so then, uh, Raceline again. Oh, I get the feeling that no one is brave enough or humble enough to say, no, I don't understand this shit, and it seems like a fucking scam. From N. Garcia, 8040 we need the video back. Dennis Hayes, the truth is revealed again. Effluent for you. This guy needs to include anti-gravity in his presentation. He is so close. And some magnets, and we're golden. From CT Jansen, how fucking cool is this shit, fellas? From Israel Dams, 6439 he will discover that SEALs are not his friends. From Klockski, <laughs> I have something like this coming into my business portfolio. Different approach. Need to get it out there. But oddly, already is out there. Beyond being disappeared, just people don't yap about it. Uh, uh, is this the one I've looked at? From Blaze, I've looked at all the PDFs on Strike Foundation's website. The pictures of this tech are hilarious. Industrial bolts with automotive spark plug wires not connected anywhere. Decased car audio equipment, plastic wrap, random fuses in places not connected. The whole thing is a giant turbo encabulator. In- 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 I assure you this tech will never go anywhere. It's a scam. So just because those bolts are in that's the enough. picture i mean i don't know yeah i don't know i don't that's that's
2: exactly that. the comment i was thinking about
0: that's yeah. the one there's only there's one left so i'll read it
2: i mean it is only a car this isn't a fucking aerospace device yet it's just a a simple device to put in your car that's i what don't know what I, it is that's so what they're, well, i am that's too a, stupid but that's apparently what they're building it on and for right it's not a you know it's not a time travel machine yet
0: so from Danny4823, the last one. Hello, I can't believe you uploaded this while I was listening to it on Outlaw. It sounds way too good to be true, to be honest. And I've heard slash read about this Malcolm Bendall guy being a known scammer. Hope this shit gets sorted out so we can know what's up and down. I really want it to be true and Bendall to be legit. Hopefully time will sort it out and we will know more. By the way, you guys rock.
2: So thanks, thanks everybody commenting. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm thanks, glad we motherfuckers. Did we kind of tried to revive the YouTube channel a little bit. We we got our strikes removed, and I'm putting little clips out there. I'm also putting all our stuff on our free Outlawed and our America Show on Rumble and and uh, Rockfin as well. And I'm putting little clips out on YouTube and Instagram and stuff, trying to kind of get the get it out there a little bit more than the regular podcast feed. And speaking about ancient wisdom. We got uh, a new title out in Audible, a new audiobook. and it is the, the Annie Besant book called The Ancient Wisdom, An Outline of Theosophical Teachings. So this is intended to, to place in the hands of the general listener an epitome of theosophical teachings, sufficiently plain to serve the elementary student and sufficiently full to lay a sound foundation for further knowledge. It is hoped that it may serve as an introduction to the profounder works of Blavatsky and to be a convenient stepping stone to their study. Those who have learned a little of the ancient wisdom know the illumination, the peace, the joy, the strength its lessons have brought into their lives. This audiobook may win some to con its teachings and to prove for themselves their value is the prayer with which it is sent forth into the world. So, yeah, it's almost like a mini secret doctrine, really, or like, you know what I mean? It's really just condensed. It's, a, it's still a nine hour listen. But if you, you know, if you wanted to learn about theosophy and not go through the huge volumes of Blavatsky, this is a pretty good start.
1: Edelbrain.ca. That's A-D-U-L-T-B-R-A-I-N.ca.
0: Edward Brain.
2: And links to all this stuff is in the show notes too.
0: Here. As usual, he's a pro. Speaking of pros. This,
2: this might not be on Brain yet. It's on Audible, but it'll be on Brain soon. Brain is just like our, our landing page for all our audiobooks. That's right.
0: Uh, GrandAmerica.ca support is our landing page for our value. If you're getting some value from the 590 podcast, we've gave out to you guys here for free. No ads, no nothing. Just live it, love it, enjoy it. The chats, we host all that. Love it all. But we need some support, and we need to know that if you are getting some value from the show, you throw some value back our way. Over at GrimeAmerica.ca/slash/support today, whether it's a monthly or one-time donation, or whether it's head over to GrimeAmericaOla.ca and signing up for a membership over there, all of the above support the show. Buying books at AdultBrain.ca, but mainly it's those monthly subscriptions. We, we that's what keeps us going. That's what we can sort of budget on and pays the bills and all that sort of stuff. And it's like a full-time job for Graham. And it's a big deal that you support us. If you find that you like the show, if you don't like the show, you don't support it. It's fine.
2: It's if you just listen once in a
0: while, job. but if you listen to all the shows every week, then, you know, maybe it's worth a buck a month or two bucks a month. Yeah. You decide grahamericaca slash support. Whatever the fuck that was. What was that? Like You're all- stroking out. I am high. Yeah. That's why. It's a cannabis guy.
2: That's your, that's your noise you make when you connect to the divine.
0: Canalingus.
2: The lady cannabis.
0: When you smoke weed, is it canalingus? <laughs> 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 All right, you got a bio for us?
2: I got a quote, too, if you want. Oh, or no. yeah,
0: right, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Well, I have to go into the mail for that jingle, so just give me a sec.
1: Profound Court of the Week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound Court of the Week. Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Profound Court of the Week.
0: Let's have it.
2: So this is from Wag the Dog Inc. on Instagram. Um, Shout out to them. Now that we know how positive reinforcement works and why negative doesn't, we can be more deliberate and hence more successful in our cultural design. We can achieve a sort of control under which the controlled nevertheless feel free. They are doing what they want to do, not what they are forced to do. That's the source of the tremendous power of positive reinforcement. There's no restraint and no revolt by a careful design. We control not the final behavior, but the inclination to behave the motives, the desires, the wishes. The curious thing is that in that case, the question of freedom never arises.
0: Bernard Shaw.
2: No, (laughs) no, no. That, that could be though. Yeah. BF Skinner.
0: Skinner. Walden too. The pedo sounded name. Just saying. Got a bio now? Yeah, bio yeah. Guy, so, bio guy.
2: so Marguerite is the founding director. PhD is the founding director of Seven Sisters Mystery School and a scholar practitioner of the ancient Mediterranean mystery traditions. She's the author of The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece and the Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity, and she pione- she's pioneering these volumes emerging from her doctoral dissertation at the California Institute of Integral Studies that explore women's shamanic abilities in a revolutionary new light. So she teaches unique and leading edge courses on the sacred feminine and women's spiritual leadership at the California Institute of Integral Studies. Sophia university, formerly the Institute of transpersonal psychology and Dominican university of California. So she's also done a bunch of research on female deities and women's religious leadership in the ancient Mediterranean world and beyond bunch of books Um, A speaker at conferences and numerous public venues, of course, Um, she combines this lifelong study of the religious history of the ancient Mediterranean world and beyond with her own spiritual growth work and intuitional skills, which have been cultivated through years of ceremonial practice, as well as intensive study at the Foundation for Spiritual Development in San Rafael. She's been a professional freelance writer for 25 years as well, working for clients such as Harvard, Stanford, Berkeley, Boston, and numerous nonprofits, businesses, and authors.
0: There you go. There you have it guys, enjoy the chat with Marguerite.
4: Well, the 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 important thing, the main thing that can happen is if there's any viable alternative that's worthy of being considered or tested. It needs to be out there in such a way that it can never be you know the genie can never be put back in the bottle again.
2: I heard that on a video today I was watching. They said exactly that. They're like, if somebody, because this has happened over and over again in the past, people have had to try to hold on to that technology, that sort of patent, that information themselves, and then it never really gets out or they dis- get disappeared or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that somebody's got to do it right. They've got to put it out there, kind of open source it, let everybody do this stuff themselves or, or, you know, and then whether they have another thing going on or whether they do the exact same thing or not, doesn't matter. They've put it all out there.
5: I know, People. like Bitcoin. Right. Yeah, Tesla, kind of
2: decentral- yeah, same concept.
5: Tesla didn't have the cloud to upload all his paperwork to, right? Reich didn't have uh, somewhere on the internet to put all his files, right? So so you have the whoever come in and tack, sack your lab and burn all your crap, and then it's gone, right? So, yeah, you got to put it out there and open source it. So that's fortunately we have so the, you guys, the digital uh, capacity to do that now.
4: And that's what's happening with Malcolm. Yeah, put a link to the Strike, Strike, Foundation,
5: Strike Foundation website.
4: Can we tease apart a little bit about the
2: fuel side uh, and the battery side compared to the energy side, which can be
4: simply kind of harnessed, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, this is this energy is all based on plasma, right? And us- utilizing the energies extracted from plasma that's configured in certain specific geometrical arrangements.
3: <clears throat> and right. It
4: primarily begins with a sphere and collapsing the sphere. You may have seen this animation. Yeah. Collapsing yeah. the sphere along the polar axis until you hit that zero point at the middle. Yeah. yeah. And then you set up a clockwise and a counterclockwise um rotation of of electrons and protons accelerated to high speed down a a uh electromagnetic vortex until they meet in that zero point, and energy is generated in that energy is harvested that as i'm understanding it that's the basic idea
2: oh so it doesn't even have to be separated into hydrogen first it's just using water I don't think right so. there I yeah, don't yeah. Think okay so. that's so that's where i'm getting it all yeah i've been following a lot of the hydrogen stuff but this is mm-hmm. this is kind of different right that's the evo you're talking about the exotic yes. vacuum occurrence
4: yes the elect- yeah. electromagnetic vacuum occurrence that's exactly right you've been doing your homework
2: and then it goes well, and then not it even grows using up
5: the term hydrogen anymore it's, it's no, proteum right. Proteum, yes right. <laughs> Proteum.
2: and and it and it talks about it it basically talks about it going up to a certain like what 100 microns 120 microns then it collapses and then it it bursts and it collapses back down to water i guess
4: yeah but and, you've still and been able to capture that burst or collapsing cavitation bubbles to harvest the plasma and then the plasma is contained within the electromagnetic field giving it a torus or donut shape, right? Now, my comprehension of all that is still really vague. You know, let's talk again after I've had a few more months to study and digest. I should be able to give a more coherent explanation because I'm really at the, like I said, I am I may have advanced beyond the kindergarten stage, but I am don't think I've advanced beyond the first grade stage. Right. You know, I'm a pretty fast learner, but, you know, it's going to take me a while to Now, you know, again, of course, you know, like I example, my understanding, I have a basic understanding of the internal combustion engine and how that works. Um, Right. Uh, Now, when I was a kid, you know, I could take an engine apart, basically, and with some trouble, put it back together, sort of, but engines were so simple. then, Right. I couldn't do that now. I wouldn't even attempt it. But, you know, even though a lot of people are only vaguely aware of the actual principle behind the internal combustion engine and how it works they can still drive a car and they know it does work right yeah, we don't I, have to we don't have to question the theory of the internal combustion engine to know that it works we see that it works
2: but i think people are gun shy now because of the cold fusion fiasco you know what 20 25 years ago those
4: guys came right. out and they kind of well, the got you know, kind of got, got shoved I mean,
2: aside and and you know
4: there have been working prototypes that have been built and tested and well-documented. The whole testing process has been well-documented. Um, retrofitting of cars, um, generators, um, a number of things, yes, that have been done in creating working prototypes. And some of the Navy SEAL boys that we're friends with uh, are going to take on a project and they're probably going to do I don't know what they're going to focus on but I think they're going to they're going to start with the uh you know the engine retrofit because in the in the financial projections that I've seen and these are probably a year or two old so they're going to have to be adjusted but a basic market price for the engine retrofit would be less than 2000 bucks maybe once the system got going and you had the parts available, everything you might be able to get it down to as low as, as fifteen hundred. That's exactly what Stanley Myers said in ninety in the mid-90s. Well, then he was probably right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was, right? That was the thing. It could have happened, right? Because others, others have made some of the same discoveries. Yeah. And Malcolm doesn't uh, claim to have originated everything. I mean, he's like he says, he's been standing on the shoulders of giants. And he gives all the references and all the sources of the people that he's studied yeah, and learned. T- yeah, from. Totally.
2: He's got links, links to all the stuff. I mean, that website has links to all the stuff yeah. that he got from other people or not, maybe yes. not all of it, but a lot of it.
4: A lot and of it. it's and also got more to
2: come. Yep, yeah, And it's got all the, his papers and, and, uh, and I, I don't know if it's got all of his diagrams on, but a lot of that stuff is available there for people.
4: Yeah. So I've been, I've been, I've uh, been, you know, s- incrementally, the recipient of a lot of this over the last 7 years this
2: this thing how did malcolm figure out like how to extract this this plasma get this plasmoid in, in well, this there? Is, like, this was is it was cuz he's quite gets, a
4: spiritual this is where it kind of right? gets bizarre from reading sanskrit texts <laughs> i love it no really from reading sanskrit texts that he had access to that pretty much very few other people have had access to Outside of the monasteries where they're being kept, but he learned Sanskrit so he could re- read these Sanskrit texts. And uh, the principle is contained within the Vajra. The Vajra. That's it right there. That is the the um, what do we want to say? That is the pure expression of the technology. The plasmoid technology is that the Vajra was a tool, and instrument or a weapon if you wanted to look at it that way wielded by for example indra in the in the uh the indian Vedas. tradition yeah. and uh basically what he's showing and and when you see the geometry of his fire tornado which is what is generated because it in effect cr- creates he calls it the thunderstorm generator because where these two vortexes meet one of them is extremely cold and one of them is is hot they're meeting, and it's it's reproducing the genesis of a thunderstorm, right? So you've got these vortices, these whirling vortices of, high, uh, of electrons and protons that are hitting each other, crashing into each other, and from that you're extracting the energy. Okay, the thing is, if you abstract the pure geometry of these symmetrically placed vortices, the god's hand around it it's the vajra wow that's yeah. fascinating
2: and that video shows the pla the actually plasmoid discharge on you can see it coming off
4: the thing yeah yeah
5: didn't he describe that pretty simply to ben or maybe ben was trying to understand it and he says basically you're, har- you're harnessing the power of a, a lightning bolt
4: yes B- ben johnson said that
5: right, right. yeah
4: that's right you're harnessing the power of a lightning bolt. Because a flash of lightning is a, plasma, a plas, plasma discharge. The electric current follows a filament of plasma. So the filament of plasma is there first, then the release of the electrical energy instantaneously follows the plasma fil- filament.
5: And he said they had kind of a breakthrough, right? Like within the last five years, they've been able to have these so super fast cameras that does whatever a billion frames a second that you could, you know, watch that whole process, you know, a frame at a time and see how that that works. And that's what they learned something from.
4: Oh, Malcolm has showed me video clips that he's got where he's out looking at the sky and the sun is setting, and you see a rectilinear object with triangles on it, up in the clouds, and then he's shown it to me frame by frame, and then within literally one frame or two frames, there's this huge flash of light centered over this rectilinear feature. The flash of light would first appear to be in the background You know, up against the clouds, except then you look at the buildings and the poles, the trees and the telephone poles, and the light is in front of the buildings, in front of the poles, which is really bizarre. And what was it? I don't know. But according to him, this was a instantaneous, huge plasma discharge that was only caught by this extremely fast camera. He basically tells me he's working on this technology. And he's a lot of it is inspired from ancient teachings and ancient writings, right? Well, he said the reason he reached out and contacted me was his entire system was... So he had seen presentations probably on geocosmic wrecks. I mean, if anybody is to be blamed for all this, it's probably Brad. Brad. I think he'd been watching GeoCosmic Rex videos. He'd seen some of those and he tells me that this system of alternative energy that he's been working on for whatever 45 43 whatever it was back then it was built on the very same numbers that I'd been talking about repeatedly in these lectures and classes and all of this. And this was the foundation of the whole thing. Was those numbers and those numbers represented resonant frequencies and fundamental resonant frequencies that can be found in nature in the various elements and so on. And so when you look at his plasmoid unification model, they're all in it. All those numbers that I've been talking about for years, they're right there, right there enshrined in that plasmoid unification model.
0: So does that mean that the universe is a plasmoid unification model?
4: Um, well.
0: Or at least the solar system.
4: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, look, scientists, astrophysicists, astronomers will tell you that plasma, the fourth state of matter, is 99% of all matter in the universe. Now, what the key is, is learning how to harness that. And the key to harnessing it? Geometry. Wow. That's pretty cool. Right. By being able to configure electromagnetic fields, and this is the part I'm still trying to wrap my head around. How do you do that? But by configuring electromagnetic fields into certain geometrical relationships, it captures the plasma. And then by turning it into this, this, this vorticular, uh, uh, torus fit shape. Now you get the potential to be able to harvest the energy generated from the plasmas. And my, like I said, my understanding is still infantile, but my curiosity about it now is to the point where, yeah, I'm definitely going to, I will never master to the level Malcolm has. Of course. I mean, are we seeing this? The model of the elements? Yep. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. This is from his website, right? The Strike Foundation. Yeah. yeah.
4: And all it unifies all of the elements in here. And oh the wow. and and what you have to picture is that if you take this nodal point, like um any of these elements that you see, like here's a radium. Okay, so you look at a radium, it's on this nodal point where you've got this spiral crossing one of these 16 If you actually look at these, they're infinity symbols. Let's see if I can back up here. Uh, Here here we are looking on the top down, Mm -hmm. right? And this is a Fibonacci spiral coming out of here. And so each one of these, what you do is think of that zero point. Think of a flat plane extending out from that zero point, right? So it's got an equatorial plane. Now, if you drop a vertical line from this intersection point of this, um, let's see, what does he call it? He's got a term for this. Um, in cross-section, these things look like infinity symbols. you see that? In oh, yeah, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It, right? Yeah, it's on the, pr- okay, it's on the presentation. Make so sure yeah. you've got that zero point where, where they meet at the center of the donut, and then that divides the thing in half with an equatorial plane. Now, if you draw a Triangle from this point of intersection, drop it down to the equatorial plane. The base of that triangle then goes over to the center point, the zero point, and the hypotenuse goes from the zero point out to this nodal point here. So each one of these triangles is different. And the relations, the numerical and geometric relations of those triangles are directly a measure or uh, the metric of the frequency. Of the particular element, so you can yeah, come in. That's amazing. Rowan is here. He yeah. could come in yeah. if he's not too bashful. But yeah, yeah, sure. So is is that does that make sense? What I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, So the so of, then, of course, each, each triangle of the, is going to be a little bit different because this yeah. Fibonacci spiral is wrapping around the torus, and somehow they use like he uses fossil fuel to ramp up the temperature up to these ignition temperatures, like. Three hundred degrees Celsius, which is what four hundred and what eighty degrees Fahrenheit, I'm not sure I forget, but so by doing that, he can accelerate a stream of electrons and protons along this Fibonacci spiral, Wow, and it spirals in, picking up, accelerating as it moves in. To the to the zero point of the vortex, and they're coming from both sides in different di- in in opposite directions, so they meet at that zero point, and so this becomes the the, the geometric model by which you can con- derive and then control the resonant frequencies of all the elements. Wow. Beginning to make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's the whole thing is completely crazy, and, and as I'm beginning to finally kind of understand, because the first time I saw this, I thought, I mean, what the hell? I have no idea. But um, I have begun to finally, you know, by reading about it, re-watching, re-reading stuff, re-watching the videos over and over again, I'm beginning to understand the basic principle.
2: And the plasmoid itself is a coherent toroidal
4: structural structure of plasma. That's exactly right. And because of this toroidal, this toroidal structure right here Somehow creates the electromagnetic containment field that then brings in the plasmas. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so where so, is that represented? Is that on the nested stainless
4: steel cylinders? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you see that there's this model right in yeah. his, like his jet propulsion.
2: back to Grey America how you doing
3: very well so nice to be here again
2: yes it's uh this is gonna be a great chat I don't know if you know about it but I just sent your website to a friend of mine who's looking for a spiritual path like I've always had that in the back of my head like the section for man and stuff and and uh and I thought you know yeah I'll send it to my friend here and then uh, I got an email the next day from Roxy um, about <laughs> about about your uh you know you wanting to Talk about this topic. So, what? What divine timing?
3: Yeah, wonderful. Of course, you know that's how they work, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: So, what's uh, what's going
3: on at Seven Sisters uh, Mystery School? You know, so much is going on um, on lots of different levels. I've got, you know, I know that the topic of our conversation today is about cannabis, and this represents a new opening, awakening. Um, for me as a priestess of cannabis. Um, and and I know we'll go into that. And I'm also doing so much work on Mother Mary, um, who is connected into Santa Maria Cannabis. One of her names is that. We can talk about why is that what I discovered. <laughs> um, I'm talking about Mary Magdalene. I have a course coming up, the the Seven Mysteries of Magdalene, which I think are, you know, is just going to be really profound for people. I'm writing, finishing my second book on Mother Mary. I know you talked to me about my first one. So lots of stuff.
2: That's great. So how, what what made you, um, I don't know if it's a change or like uh, e- evolve to wanting to talk about cannabis a little bit more openly, like was there something yeah. that happened there with that or what? what's... Uh yeah
3: well, you know, legalization helped because I was primarily working with cannabis as a priestess, as an oracle, for years, while it was not legal, and so I had to be kind of quiet about it and behind the scenes. Um, I would only ever work with it ceremonially every four to four to eight weeks, for years, starting probably, I don't know. 2006, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Um, and I would consult it and received a lot of the information that, that is the esoteric underpinning of things that I've taught and f- understandings that I've come to have and so forth. Very profound. The cannabis oracle work went along with my other regular oracle work where I was not in a state using medicine, and I kind of was able to learn how to open to that state, you know, at will. But when cannabis became legal, you know, in California, I think back in like 2018 or 19, something like that, um, that was like a little bit of a relaxation. Then I ended up moving to another state where it is legal and then it's becoming legal in many states. So I'm feeling like I can relax around it and speak more openly about it. And that has led to, well, what is then the information coming through about cannabis itself, or as she prefers to be called, either Lady Cannabis or Santa Maria, come to find out. Um, And a whole bunch of information came out recently, um, a month ago on this, which I felt was, I mean, a lot of it was new to me and I felt like it was so important that I was meant to share it, you know, with the larger global community, because as cannabis is becoming more and more legal, it's being used with greater and greater ease, more people are getting exposed to it. There's the good, the bad and the ugly about that. All right. So that's what I'm here to report on and talk about with you. Wow.
2: So what was the difference between and using that for an oracle and just normal oracle
3: work? Can you talk a little bit about the difference? Right. When I use cannabis, um, and I had to stop using it, by the way, for about two years during the big C. I got the message in April and then November 2020, stop now. Not safe to be in astral plane right now. Stop. And I thought I'd never go back to it, but now um, I got the message late last fall to start opening up to it again on a whole. And I realized I was doing so on a whole new rung of the spiral. <clears throat> Prior to that, and even now, I trained. I got trained in a psychic training school in San Rafael, California. Um, uh, and I learned at the time I was working with cannabis. So lady cannabis would teach me what a psychic oracle state felt like without using her. And I'd be able to recognize, Ooh, I'm kind of going into that same zone as when I'm using medicine. It's like a more, huh? A kind of feeling. And wow, I'm getting information that's beyond my pay grade, beyond my limited human knowing. So it was a figure eight for me between cannabis and the Oracle state and cannabis helped me train my own Oracle state without medicine to be able to be open. Now that said, it's still more intense and even more open when I work with cannabis. So That is why I was led to go back into it after this hiatus to see now how it feels now, what it's looking like, what kind of information I'm bringing forth and why under what conditions I'm going to use it and not use it. Okay. And also one of my other sacred medicines is cacao, which has a bit of a different feeling. Um, Okay. But we could talk about all the differences of these things. And I, In the past, I had also been exposed to psilocybin, um, which is like way, way high octane and really even at the time, certainly too high octane for me, it would bring me to nausea and things like that. So, you know, each of these medicines has their own vibration and through that, It suggests what kind of information, the level of information you can bring through. Ideally, we want to all become open vessels that is ultimately our natural birthright. Again, without any technologies and even without any plant medicine, that's where we're going. We're heading back. And so the cannabis usage becomes a mixed bag. In that regard, and that's where the messages started coming down to me about cannabis and and what to share with other people for their consideration.
0: Do you smoke it or eat it, or how you got how how do you find the best way to interact with it?
4: Is
3: right when I've ever used it, um I mean, I got tricked into it because I this was like years ago, back in the early two thousands, where I um, I had had some experiences with psilocybin mushrooms that were so strong that I just detached for seven years from doing them again. And they're not really my plant ally. It's just too much for me. But I found myself in this group where there were brownies and I'm, I'm like, well, you know, I have been curious about the cannabis situation. I'm not sure if it's really right for me because I had a lot of negative thought forms attached to it that were protecting of me, you know, it was ultimately good. But I ate this stuff. And then, you know how it is, you're like, ah, nothing's happening. (laughs) So I ate a little more. And that was, that was the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me, because, you know, I had to figure out how to drive home. And it was really bizarre. And then I had this whole experience that I could talk about with my partner at the time. Um, but it it led me, it opened me up, and I encountered Persephone, who wanted me to come into the underworld. And when I said yes, I felt like I was going through a tunnel at the speed of light, and I had to get it to slow down. And since then, though, I have only used it in in smoke, you know, little pipes and things I don't get fancy with vaping and whatnot. Um, I, I tried, uh, one of the water pipes that I was like, I don't know, this doesn't, I just said need to get it directly in. But for a while there, honestly, one puff and I'd be like, woo. then it was like two or three, two or three or four, you know, but I don't need very much to go to open up and become that Oracle. Do you
2: have any other questions around that, Darren, at all? Or?
0: No, I kind of figured, you know, that's kind of, you need to be eating it to sort of get to that next level. That's really the, that's really the one, you you know, if you eat enough cannabis, you'd be fucked up. And that's where I think you need to be. If you want to do that kind of stuff, you know, you just smoke it, you just kind of hit this sort of base level, you know.
3: I see. So in other words, yeah, you can take in much more into your body and at the higher levels, you get into a higher frequency of, of connection to the astral plane, right?
0: Well, it becomes a lot more psychedelic when you ingest it. I know that. I mean, I don't know about all that other stuff. That's not really I haven't I haven't considered it. But it definitely when you ingest it, it it's it's a different it's a different uh, animal for sure, especially well, if Darren, you eat a I lot. Mean,
2: Darren's got a ridiculous tolerance too. I mean, if I had if I had Darren's dose, it would it would it would kill me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I would be dead three times over by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> Even um, when I used to use it way back when, I
2: had to have like a, especially if I was drinking, I mean, I didn't have enough reverence around it, but I had to have a two limit or else I would just get way too fucked up. It would just. Yeah,
3: yeah. And, you know, what I wanted to bring forth was the conversation about the difference between recreational use and sacred use. Because I I really, I've always had an instinctive sense of this. For me, the rule was never use it recreationally, only use it respectfully in ceremony. So I've never done it except for creating an elaborate altar, going into a serious prayer space, having the music, the set and the setting, invoking the beings that I wanted to communicate with, and then going to town and recording everything in audio that I was receiving. Never started doing it whenever. And that was just my own personal rule. I had an instinctive sense that as long as I did that, if I treated it like that, it would give me the Oracle information and not get me into, you know, troubles. Um, That said, though, I would go into the underworld. Okay. So it was, it was, I was getting introduced to underworld levels of information. And um, it was very interesting because it was right at the point where I started to use it a little more frequently that the message came, stop now. That did correspond with the big C that was going on. And and I I had a very bad trip with it. Strangely, I used a strain from a friend. So who knows, you know, these different strains.
0: Do Do you know what it was?
3: I don't know, I'd have to find out, but I went into a serious psychic attack. I had not had that since mushrooms. And between the two things put together, it was like, you are starting to get a little too friendly with this plant, number one. And number two, this is a pretty serious time to be going onto the astral plane when all this stuff is happening around the big C thing that was going on. And as an oracle, that was there was so much information coming through and and the channels were getting scrambled. The entities did not want us to know and see clearly what was going on. So I was like, okay, I'm off it. I'm off it. You're wanting me to just be in my oracle. Plus now I'll work with Mama Cacao. Great. But then a month ago, when I got back into it again, All this information came forth about right use of it and what is happening with this greater global use and how we can purify and cleanse this plant to have better experiences and to not get addicted and to work out addictions or work out paranoia places or pain and things like that if we want to go into that, we can.
2: Yeah. 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 We will for sure. But I do have some questions before that. Do you think this was a message that she was trying to give to more people in general, like the, the world in general, like this is a time to stop and pay attention maybe to different things. Like uh, why? Like, it seems crazy that it would be stopped at that point, you know,
3: for me um, it was just, Hey, Conditions are not right for you to be on the astral pr- plane right now right, in this right. way that this plant takes you. And the benefit is you're going to be exploring other things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you don't need to be poking into that domain right now. You need to be safe down here on the ground, intuiting best as you can with of what's going on, talking to other people and doing the work on a different level, which had to do with the heart my books about Mother, my book about Mother Mary came out, you know, so I was still working um, the spiritual levels, but not as an oracle who was going into ultra dimensional reality and the underworld, like, yeah. also, in a way, that was the time when Mother Mary said, you know, you can put the sword down, you you don't necessarily have to be the voice of the underworld and the negative entities that are going on and blah, blah, blah. Other people are doing that. You don't really have to go there. So that was part of it for me to get me off that track. And so that I could work more with the energies of the heart and so forth. What was going on down there?
2: Um, (laughs) I know it's kind of a vague, stupid question, but in the underworld,
3: like the underworld at that time.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, when I started accessing into it, it was like a psychic battlefield. I was like, what the hell? Uh, I, I was so attacked and I was like, there's like, choom, choom, because they were, the, the whole thing of the sea that went on was a, a full on attack on humanity. They really didn't want people, certain beings that were orchestrating that whole thing really didn't want people to see that. So they're putting out the oracles. And I remember talking to other oracle friends who were like, I can't get a clear read on what's going on. This was like for several months, the first few months. And we were like, what the hell? I'm like, we, our channels are being scrambled. That's what was happening. So I'm like, okay.
2: Yeah, that kind of makes sense because, it, you know. All these groups of people were split, too, uh, over the whole that's thing. That's right. You know? Some people didn't see the same things as other people yeah. were seeing. And it was, I mean. That's right. Yeah, my friend and I were even talking about a, a magic practitioner who's got a very interesting course on on going through these magical processes. And um, she also didn't see what was going on. And I'm like, how can somebody that's so involved in this this realm not see but it's i know
3: i know because people get 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 got led into split timelines literally like they were in different realities so how can you blame anyone like they're all of a sudden they could be deeply spiritual this and that shamanic blah 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 and yet they're in like ah this is all okay but meanwhile some of us were like what this is all out war this is the whole thing that they've been aiming for for decades now i can see what's happening this needs to happen this doesn't need to happen we need to just wow wake up but ultimately what it came to was we can't be fighting across these timelines we we just have to keep still embracing people in the other timeline with love because that foils all the plans of these beings yeah
2: Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. It always comes back to love.
3: It always comes back to love. So that's, that's what we're on right now. We're getting, we're getting the valve is easing up now. How long that will be, who knows, but yeah.
2: yeah, Like now it's the time to get back into the Oracle and get back into. That's right. um, Yeah. Interesting.
0: Hmm.
3: Yeah, that's right. Another high priestess of mine um, colleague, she, she got the same hiatus period. And we both got the same message at the same time. Like it's safe to go back in. Wow. That's
2: fascinating. Mm -hmm. So when did you realize that she was a deity or that she was actually even Santa Maria?
3: Well, okay. This session back in December, 2022, that I did publicly on YouTube, which people can see it's on my YouTube channel, Marguerite Regal Yozo. It's in my show called, um, co-creating the new earth with the subtle realms and the fae. I was aware that one of her names had been Santa Maria, right? In all these names that you learn about as a kid. <laughs> I mean, it's called all these weird things. So, all right, I knew Santa Maria was one of them. And, you know, I said to my my priestess colleague, Amba Alianahi, I'll name her. Um, yeah, so I am being called to explore this connection between santa maria and and cannabis and it was just an intuitive thing but of course i got curious because i had written this book on mother mary and i was working with her so extensively academically and spiritually that it was like well let's open this door you know oh isn't that interesting how it connects two things that have been major in my life mother mary and lady cannabis so I go into this public oracle on this YouTube channel thing, and I'm like finally feeling relaxed that it's okay. The long arm of the Inquisition isn't going to come. It's legal in the state in which I'm operating, you know, and I'm getting the yes, the go ahead. So I, you know, imbibe and it's like, holy cow, it was You know, my oracle was so much more open than it had been even two years ago. And because of all the love work that I'd done with Mother Mary, I wasn't really going into the underworld. So I asked, all right, cannabis, what is your connection with Santa Maria? Here's what I was told. Cannabis herself is a subtle being, aka deity. As a deity, she is feminine. As a feminine deity, she is a holographic representation and echo of any other female deity. So, including the whole goddess herself. So, the people who originally started calling her Santa Maria, when they went in and they were like, oh, female deity, what female deity did they know? they knew Santa Maria. So they saw her as that from that prism, right? And so that's legitimate. Yes, she's Santa Maria. Yes, she's a fairy. Yes, she's a she. Yes, she's a great goddess. And it was like being in that oracle state in that show, it was like, whoa, I didn't understand the depths and how like, this is like the infinite regression, the two mirrors together, like, wow, this is infinite. And then you know, somebody was like, what is the actual name of cannabis? And I I tuned in and I said, um, it's the name of God. And what I was shown is that it was a name that is every letter and every vowel in the alphabet that is completely unpronounceable hmm. to a human in a third dimensional realm that I mean, even still, I could cry that that this name of this plant is the word of god or goddess so then when you start really looking at her that way and you understand who she is and what she has to offer you start thinking about different ways of being and interacting with this deity you start looking at how people are working with her and the positive and the not so positive for them about that. And then a whole series of teachings came in about that. Ancient. Back yeah.
2: To, back to Soma.
3: Yes. What came through is, you know, cause I had been looking at that book, cannabis and the Soma solution by Chris Bennett or something like that. Um, so I was like, Oh, this is interesting. So here's the deal of what I was receiving in that Um, because I looked at it right in that ceremony, is cannabis Soma. And what she said is, I am connected holographically to all plants that have taken people into the awakening, into the other realms. (laughs) So, yes, you could consider me Soma or not, you know, both and. And I was like, wow, okay. Uh, so that guy was right, you know, and then other people who were like, well, Soma is its own thing. We're right too, but both can, because we're in a hologram, you know, and that's one of the things you can see if you're working with cannabis or you're just opening into your intuitive oracle space, which is, you know, what she's basically here to teach us to do not to like be imbibing 24 seven.
2: Hologram of mother ayahuasca too, then I guess, right. That's All right. Pans, right.
3: A hologram, she's like, I am sister to all of these plants or substances. Yeah. Including mushrooms, too, then? Including, well, yeah. Because they get you onto the same plane. You know, they get you into the same illuminations. Um, So, yeah, they're all doorways in. And like you're saying, Darren, you know, eating a ton of it. Okay, you can access the psychedelic visual aspect of her that you might not see on lower doses or in um, smoking, which uh, psilocybin readily gets you into, right? It's just quicker, easier, right, with that. So this is, you know, quite, it was just so profound what was coming to me after this abstinence period. And this working with the heart and this going through the hell that we all collectively went through and the confusion of it all. And then going back and being like, first order of business was for me to connect with her spirit. And then that's where all the information came through about how it is important to connect with her spirit and a whole series of teachings around that. So.
2: Do you know what those teachings are going to look like? I mean, uh, addiction, healing, um, other yeah. kinds of accessing spiritual realms.
3: Yeah. Well, here's what I wanted to share. Like some of it is very simple. And one thing that Amba he had taught me, and that's what I did before this ceremony, which I think helped it to get to this exalted place, was I put the cannabis I was going to use in <clears throat> a brass singing bowl. You can do it in brass or, um, crystal Crystal. and you three times you do a cleansing on it, you know, bring it to silence. Then another time, then another time with the intention that you're cleansing this cannabis of any connections that are not connected to the higher vibrate, highest vibration of this plant, ally goddess, and that allow you to release any of the DNA strands that are not helpful and any of the energies or entities that got connected with this particular plant through whoever genetically altered it, grew it, cultivated it, sold it, or whatever, handled it. So Amba had taught me that. So I did that. She's like, you have to purify the plant to get back to its original essence. If you really want to be getting the most beneficial, highest vibration from it and be in right relationship from it. And that has to happen onto our cannabis because it has been so altered.
2: That's that's kind of what I was going to ask you. Darren probably knows more about this, but modern modern versus the cannabis from 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. it's better now
2: okay. it's better now <laughs> you think it's better
0: now? well I mean I don't know it's hard to say because I grew up in a little town you know who knows what we were getting at the end of the road and That's right. getting it That's from right. sketchy sources but uh, you know it's cheap as shit now and you know it's ubiquitous everywhere I'm not buying it from the government or from any of these dispensaries or anything like that but they really seem to have driven down the market.
2: Is there a reason why you don't buy it from them besides that?
0: It's usually super dry.
2: dry. It's
0: pretty expensive. And you can only buy an ounce at a time. I like to buy like a half pound at a time. Or at least a quarter pound. So I'm, you know, I'm just not thinking about it for for a while.
3: Yeah. It's certainly stronger now than it was, you know, 20 and 30 years ago and so forth. What I was shown is that we what we actually want to do is get back to the original strains, um, which were potent, but in a different way. And they didn't have a lot of the stuff attached, connected, and hooked into it that can be create negative experiences for people, including addictions and overuse and, and so forth and anesthetization. The plant is actually supposed to awaken you and help you heal, whereas it's come to be used as a sedative, uh, as a way of coping, as a way of tuning out, and as a way of sort of being connected to the divine realms while not really. What she showed me is she said that if you use it and you haven't purified it and connected with the original DNA strand, which is still in any plant, there's still enough of it in there. Um, and this this is a deeply shamanic thing to do without that what happens is you go into actually when you go into your altered state you go into a bubble you're not fully opening and connecting with the full panoply of the divine realm so you're in a bubble and it's limited what you can really experience and how you can really be assisted And then, you know, the addiction level can come into it and and all that sort of thing. So I was like, wow, I mean, you know, I had not received that before a month ago in that ceremony. So I'm like, she's like, yeah, the critical nature of being able to clear your cannabis. And she's like, it's, it's so easy, you know, she's so amenable to just an intention. That's how subtle she is. So. She's recommending highly that, but then she's also recommending the return of the sacred horticulturalists. So the people who can work with the DNA of this plant, work it back to its original. That in and of itself is going to be a shamanic activity for these people. To work it back to its original, template just like we're all trying to work ourselves back to our original divine template right the plants really are no different because they've all come under the control the spell the co-opting the hijacking and the hybridization just like humans you know and so she's just showing me that we want to have the return of the horticulturalists the sacred horticulturalists In the return of the sacred cannabis priestesses and priests. That because those individuals all put together are going to be the ones that are helping people work with cannabis in the most beneficial way to them and also releasing the addictions and not getting into the paranoia spaces and so forth. Though this was a huge revelation to me to receive this information.
2: How do how do you how do you stop the people from getting in the paranoia state or the anxiety state? I know it seems pretty rare, probably, but I, I know it does affect some people in that yeah. way, where they get paranoid. Or I mean, I used yep. to get very, um, I used to think a bit too much. Like it would stop me; it wouldn't really put me to bed. I mean, this is going way back now, like twenty years, but it would make me think too much at night, almost. Like I'd I'd leave myself voicemails of all these ideas, and I'd be writing all these notes down and stuff, like. It was was too, it almost was too active for me, but it, and and probably a little bit of paranoia too and stuff, but.
3: Right. Well, that's because we don't have the priestesses and priests to teach us how to use it. Right. So everybody's a little bit on their own. Then we overdo, we overuse, we take too much, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we're like all night long. And it's like, Holy crap, this is, you know, not that healthy for me. Um, But of course, you know, it does, it can open you to the creative realms and so forth. Right. So, um, but your question
2: before Yeah, what was my question? It was, um, how, so I guess, is that how you teach people or how you stop it from affecting people negatively is through control of the use and, and using it in a sacred way and not through over, over recreation.
3: Yeah. There were a few things that I received about that. One is, um. If you are already in an addictive paradigm with the plant, um, you can start again tuning and clearing your cannabis before using it. Before you imbibe it, connect in with the sacred nature of the plant and ask her to help you really learn how to work with her in a more beneficial way and to help heal you from any addictions, overuse tendencies paranoias and so forth. So you clear her first and then you work with her consciously for her to assist you in the release because the addiction has entities connected to it that have hooked into you like Velcro. That's with any addiction, alcohol, sex, you know, everything that's good has been turned into an addictive substance or process because of these beings that are working On the earth plane. So we have to get hip to that conscious and like, oh, I see what's happening. I need to work with the plant and work with a knowledgeable practitioner, sitter, or whatever to help me unattach. And then the commitment can come in to, if you wish, only use cannabis ceremonially, not just when you're bored. Or you want to amp up your life a little, or you want a little creative juice, or you're with other people, um, or you're in a tremendous amount of emotional pain, you need something. You know, she's like, get ceremonial with it, with me. And I'll teach you how to heal all those things that you're looking for, but it'll be in a more connected way and not in a bubble of saran wrap. That you're not really, it's like with it, you're like trying to kiss a person and you've got saran wrap around yourself. Whereas, like, that's the addictive use of most people with cannabis. You want to be removing that saran wrap so that you're really having that connectivity with the divine. That's what I received. You know, people can do what they will because I know a lot of people have their own relationships with cannabis. This is just a suggestion. And if it if it resonates, try it out. You know, wear it for a
2: while. So, so a lot of these this um, this uh, insight of healing, or even if, like if you're addicted to alcohol or something else. I mean, if you tried to use this ceremonially, it might help you through revelation, through divine yes. inspiration, that
3: kind of thing. Like, yes, and also through seeing which entities are connected with you and working with your guides to release them. So like you get shamanically empowered around your own release of any entities that are connected with you. So that's the higher level that people could work with this on to totally empower themselves for whatever they need. And then she was showing me from then on again, User ceremonial, get in, get out, get in, get out, and let her actually train your vibration, your DNA, your light body to be fully activated with what she's stimulating in you. When you're not using exactly on your own. These fairy allies are just teachers to get us back to our own light body of connectivity with the divine.
2: And like you mentioned in that video that the addiction counselors are going to have to be shamans in a way, right? They it's will. be a very shamanistic experience.
3: That's right. You know, because those will help to be teachers to help people be able to see and cope with what they're experiencing then in their field, you know, they may not be ready to like do it on their own. Um, but if you have a sitter or a priest or priestess with you you can do this healing. You know, you can heal whatever's needed. I like that. You mentioned
2: at the beginning of the show about, um, ideally we would all be sort of channels for divine communication. I mean, is there a a minimum amount of, um, protection or training required for that to happen uh, for each person? Is that something that should be, um, Um, Done very with a lot of discernment or or
3: care, I guess. Well, that's a really good question. I would say start by just tuning into your intuition. That's your where you are as an oracle right now. What are those gut impulses and realizations? Um, Pay more attention to that. Take the jewels of inspiration, act on them, because as you do that, you open your intuition more and more and more in a safe way. Then if you want to take it to higher levels, you can go to psychic trainings. You can, like I offer a level one priestess of the dove online course where I give you the basic tool for how to clear, cleanse your auric field and get into your, what I call your goddess or God self state. That is the place from which you can receive information. I don't teach full body medium channeling at all. It's me, myself, and I on my higher level, who is already a hologram connected to the divine. I don't need to be channeling. So, um, and then as you open, like, you know, as you open with these tools and so forth, yeah, you might find, (laughs) oh, The equal and opposite reaction. What is this being? What is this experience? What? And so you might want, you know, a lot of these psychic trainings will help you with just some basic tooling, some basic protection, some basic cleansing, like cleansing yourself psychically is like taking a bath or a shower, right? We have to do it energetically as well as physically. And. Just becoming more aware of the dance of these other energies that can be going on, not always fun and games, right? And then at more and more and more intense levels, you know, as you do the stronger medicines, the ayahuasca, this and that and the other thing, you'll find other levels of people that you need to work with, information that you're getting either directly or through teachers or what have you. So it's just, it can be an incremental process for people. I, yeah,
2: I think that's important to go through those levels of yes. maybe you could call it initiation or whatever, but instead yeah. of just diving right in head first, you know,
3: that's right. You know, <laughs> and in a way I kind of did that when I did the mushrooms way back and it was like way the hell too much uh, for me. You How know? much did so, you do? Not that much. I mean, God almighty. I'm such a lightweight right um honestly, it really wasn't that much but wow I'm in the underworld you know so
0: some people it it doesn't take much it it doesn't that's right especially it seems to be imagine that's not totally true because I do know a dude or two that it could turn sideways but I know a few women that if they eat too many mushrooms. It's like it doesn't take a lot. And like, like
3: more than a like there are too many
0: is like, yeah, like a gram or two. And they're just
4: like
3: oh yeah. I must have been under a gram. I don't even know. But um yeah, because we're we're highly tuned, probably because of karmic past life recall. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like it didn't take much. Wow, one little pup, boo! I'm in the Oracle space again. Hey, I remember this from Delphi.
2: Wow, that's fascinating. I I miss, I mean, it's I'm coming up on 15 years, uh, sobriety and I and I I I do somewhat regret I don't really regret my past because I needed to go there to get where I am, but I do yeah. I do regret not using it more in a sacred way, like mushrooms and weed. Like I wish I would have had more reverence for those experiences and you know, used it a little bit instead of abusing it. I just abused everything back then.
3: So Yeah. See, this is why this message came through. It was like, Marguerite, go forth and preach the gospel of Santa Maria. I'm sorry if it sounds like that, but it's like, you know, I'm trying to just be, um, give the information in a neutral way because see, this is what happens. And so many of our youth and especially young men, and then you get hooked with those entities And it's a biatch. Oh, yeah. There's not a good, once
2: you get to that level, there's not a good survival rate, really. It's
3: not. It's not, you know. And so she is showing other ways that these things can be detached. But addiction counselors, like, you you know, going to have to be shamans. They have to be psychological. Psychologists. Shamans. Trauma specialists and knowledgeable about energy flows and streams and physicality in the body, chemists, because they need to know that um, the addictions come in at the physical chemical level, the emotional level, and the psychic level. And so you need to be working with a the, with the person on all three of those levels and probably more to truly get the unhook. Right now, we've got, you know, the 12-step programs that are functioning on willpower and so forth and trying to get you to connect with the divine. But it's like there's some other steps that need to be added in there. And that's going to be new earth healing. People who are bringing in those other steps and then bringing in the awareness of the plants so we never get there anyway to begin with. we Never get to addiction. Because we don't even need addiction, because we're healed already. We're already connected with source, with love. We've moved on from that earth type thing. We're in the realm of being able to live creatively and joyfully. Right. So these are steps that we're going along. And there is a lot of work to be done with addiction counseling in on the shamanic level. So you know and right now
2: the and right now the mainstream. Sort of academic part of addiction counseling is very much um uh, materialistic in a way, I, I think, and very much around hard harm reduction, not really the spirit be you know, I, I don't think it's really accepting of the spiritual solution,
3: um, no, of and course, I, not. and I
2: believe I think there's the spiritual solution is the most important part
3: of it it like, is because you're not going to disconnect unless you deal with the entities that are involved,
2: yeah, right. Is there more meditation, is there like after you've cleansed it and you're, and you're using it sacredly, is there any suggested meditations? Like, is it good to do sort of like a transmutation type meditation, um, spiritual alchemy type stuff, or is there any kind of specific things you suggest in that way?
3: Yeah. Any and all, you know, you go into the cannabis, you clear it, you create the sacred space for it. You imbibe it. You know, you intend beforehand, you pray to her and your, and your guides and to help you, you have intentions and questions that you're going in on and in with, you're asking her to please give you insight, tools, transmutation schemas, and all that sort of thing. And let her be your direct teacher. You know, I like it. Yeah. Yeah because that's that's about the empowerment of all of us.
0: So you mentioned strains what about like uh, indica's versus sativa's and stuff like that.
3: Right. So, you know, those are all like all these experimentations and hybriding that's happened over the years, right? To enhance certain aspects of it and decrease certain aspects of it and you know, it's just all part of the um hybridization that's happened so yeah you know the the sativa i think is the one that's more likely to connect you with the opening into the realms um and what again whatever you do you want to talk to the spirit of the plant and her original strain that is that cosmic opener. And what I received in that um, ceremony was that originally all plants did this. They all opened our consciousness. (laughs) I was like, wow, hello. And they're like, yeah, what do you think Eden was? (laughs) I wasn't just walking around in fig leaves. I mean, I was like, wow, you know, um, it was the garden of earthly delights. And nobody was misusing, like it was just an enhancing kind of experience. Like, okay, now we're in the earth plane. We're already a divine ascended beings. And oh, what are these plants offering? It's like, you know, eating chocolate at the end of the night. Do you really need it? Not really, but it's, you know, it it, it just brings certain things to your life. It gives you an experience. So originally plants plants were like that. And so we're wanting to tune into that original strain. A Santa Maria, Lady Cannabis, the Word of God, and just ask her to show us to connect with her, her fairy essence that is opening our consciousness to the divine realms and transforming our lives to be living that. Is part of your
2: um, upcoming work going to be to um, maybe help people create circles or help uh, sort of come up with some some protocols or some things that maybe people could get together with friends and do this kind of thing in groups. Is that recommended?
3: Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, My work with cacao has been to have group ceremonies where I kind of guide journey people and then I give them their own time for their own direct experiences. So, um, but there's more opportunity that there could be co-priestesses and things like that. And, you know, um, so yeah, the same could be possible in the cannabis realm, and I do know like um, Stephen. Do you know him um, in Canada? Gray. Uh, you know they've had different types of group experiences. It's it's kind of like a little you know Eleusinian mysteries type thing or whatever. I mean I, unless I'm misunderstanding what he's doing, but it's like what happens when we go in as a group, and we've purified the plant um we have good leaders around us we we were in a protected space we're really connecting with santa maria energy what do we yeah you know there's a lot of potential for that i um i will see what i'm meant to do right now you know because it's still illegal in so many places uh it's still iffy legally And I don't want to get into any of that until it's all safe to be done without the Inquisition coming in. Been there, done that, you know. And so we'll see. We'll see as it comes around. Because I think there's going to be a stronger need for more sacred cannabis priestesses and priests to help readjust to all of this overuse and misuse and you know, that's going to be happening as everyone gets their hands on it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Even though it's, it's, you know, a lot of people have been using it and experimenting with it, even when it, when it becomes legal, it'll just, uh, there will be more people doing just like alcohol. I mean, now look at how, yeah, We, we don't want the same thing to happen that happened with alcohol.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because with alcohol, what happened is they turned the original Mead formulas which were open state of consciousness, things, total huge sacramental things going back to antiquity. And they kept distilling it in this weird, bizarre way into the alcohol that we have. That could happen. And and cannabis is on the road to that. So that basically. It's not really the opener at all that it once was. And it is like 90% addictive energy opener. That's what we don't want to happen with cannabis. And it could happen. That's why it's important for these sacred horticulturalists to come into the world and go, whoa. And as people start awakening and new earth consciousness, you know, comes upon us all, there's going to be more there will be more sacred horticulturalists. There will be more people opening their awareness to how this plant can be used for the most beneficial ways and so forth. That makes sense. I like it. And also also just so that
2: it doesn't get glorified like alcohol did. I mean, I really think over the last, you know, many, many decades, it's it's been a, you know, it's really been sort of a consumerism push and glorification of alcohol and getting drunk and all that. I mean.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because whenever anything gets connected with corporate, yeah. that's where those entities massively come in. Interesting. Through the production process, through every aspect and step of it.
2: Yeah. Wow. Um, Darren, do you have any other thoughts? from? A- well,
0: there it came in from a what, Graham?
2: Um, a uh, user perspective?
0: A user? A cannabis user? Yeah. Um,
2: an, an aficionado?
0: no you know well i mean i've i've i don't i've never really come at it from i don't i don't profess or to come at it from like a spiritual standpoint it's more of like uh probably some sort of weird adhd medication or something like that i really feel like i'm probably less productive when i'm not smoking but I could just be an addict. I mean, (laughs) either way, my life is good and I have like no complaints. So I'm just going to stay the course, but uh, I definitely don't approach it with any sort of reverence to spirituality other than the fact that I appreciate it as a plant in my life. You know, I used to get crazy with the strains and have all different kinds. Now I'm just buying a half pound at a time. Usually grown by somebody I know or their dad or something like that. And, Chipping away at that.
3: And now here's some other um potential options <laughs> for how to interact. It'd be interesting to see what happens. You
0: know. Yeah. Pile into yeah. some edibles. What about getting into some like have you considered dabbling into some more mushrooms and stuff like that as those become legal? Because it seems like that's gonna happen fast.
3: Yeah, me, myself. Yes, yeah. Um I think right now, I'm just, my intuition is just to work with my own oracle with the cacao. And now the cannabis is enough of a step back into higher vibrational medicines, not really feeling called to the mushrooms, never was called to ayahuasca because I knew it was like way the hell too much for me, Um, you know, or San Pedro or any of these others. So I got enough. I had enough over here you know, with this stuff. And I want to explore, you know, what are the possibilities of this? Like how open of an Oracle can I become in this lifetime through this Santa Maria teacher, you know, and I'm I'm on a journey myself like two years ago, I was in a different Oracle space. So when I was with cannabis again, it was like, Oh my God, you know, wow. I am like, and I'm not even going into the underworld anymore, you know, because I had to go and learn all about the negative creatures and what. <laughs> back then,
2: not so you fun. You had to go back. You had to go down there to check it out. Yeah,
3: I had to go down there. I'm a priestess of Persephone. So, um,
2: we should uh, maybe we should have you back on in the fall when your book are you? When is your next book going to
3: come out? Well, and maybe you
2: can talk about that a little bit.
3: I'm finishing it now. And then um working to get it published. So I'm imagining 2024.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
3: But it's about things about Mother Mary that no one has ever known. Wow, really? Unless they are gonna geek into <laughs> these hidden gospels about her. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like massive major information and uh, beyond the virgin birth aspect of herself, who else was she? Okay. So yeah, that's coming and I'm just having fun reading and writing right now. Can you give us a teaser? (laughs) Was she in the scene? um, There's a good possibility. Yes. And I don't even go into that too much, like with that name. Yeah. So I show all of what I learned about what she did, according to these texts. Um, and, for example, that she had a sister who was also named Mary. Wow.
0: Wait, so they're both named Mary? Yeah. Mary There's and Mary? Mother.
3: Yeah. So... I'm talking about like twins. Nope, they were born different times. But, but the
0: parents named' them both Mary. Yeah. What the fuck? The,
3: the younger daughter was first given a different name, and then she was given the name Mary. Um, priestess title.
2: Oh, interesting. I should give all was, my
0: kids the same name.
4: It'd be easier
3: if it's Jesus. Why not? You know what I mean? It's like it's a priestess title originally, Mariam. And it goes back to the ancient Egyptian Mary, which is a divine love. Okay. There's
2: a little teaser for you. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great teaser. I love it. That's, that's, yeah. So people should come to
3: my Magdalene course, the seven mysteries of Magdalene, because that starts February 21st, because I'm going to go into some of that and what was the relationship with. Magdalene to Mother Mary. That's yeah. pretty cool. All
2: right. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll put a link to that course in the show
3: notes. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah this well, has been great. Yeah. Thanks for
3: coming on and talking about this.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Marguerite. Good luck. So
3: much for and Darren. Yeah. For for inviting me. Really appreciate you both. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Ciao. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: And that was a chat with Marguerite uh rigiosolo
2: oh you know what i i didn't get the pronunciation handy because there was a specific
0: so that does sound, sound like uh Rig-os-o. familiar yeah that does sound familiar yeah
2: it's spelled with two g's rig- rigog lioso so and it's uh seven sister mystery com is the website um yeah, I like it. I love her work, and um, it's it's fascinating to me.
0: That is good stuff. I like it too.
2: Yeah, I wondered. So, what I was thinking is, I wondered how much of her work lines up with that mystical life of Jesus uh, book, is it talks a lot about his parents and um, they were scenes, the scenes, and in and in a, they were sort of like spiritually spiritual adepts in a, in a, in their own sort of. Um, religion on their own. This is scenes very sort of magical healers and stuff. Pretty interesting.
0: Magical Jeebus. Big thanks for, to Marguerite for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger. Thanks. If you're one of our plus or not, sorry, not our plus, just one of our supporters. I mean, we need more supporters. There's it's, we haven't really recovered from that PayPal fiasco. And, uh, you know, support was at an all-time low for a while there it is creeping back up if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're not supporting yet why not are you getting some value from the show if you are head over to grandmarker slash support today sign up for a monthly make a one-time donation what do we get to do clear that conscience help us out help us keep podcasting Oh know the show is still valuable we love you guys thanks for listening and we will see you next week think if I
1: sit here Long enough, Fixed to this green, brown, blue spot on earth, approximately her 2,000th year. Ain't no Dominique, ain't no Dominique, my hot drink would turn cold, my hot drink would turn cold, my hot drink would turn cold. Dream sequence. Flash chameleon baby woke up this morning feeling around for my shoes think if I hired a million monkeys and let them ash away on some typewriters they'd eventually write all of Shakespeare's sonnets maybe then you'd love me Baby, then you love me. Me and my monkey. Get funky. Go and get funky now. Get funky. Get funky. your songbirds chirping woke up this morning feeling around for my shoes I love you up to the sky 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 I love you up to the sky, to the sky. To the sky. Dream sequence as you were counting sheep I rode by on some I rode by on a tricycle, on a tricycle, on a tricycle That's getting all milk and honey, milk and honey, milk and honey To be or not to be, that is the question, baby Woke up this morning and all my blues was dead and gone